We are reading 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 through chapter 9, verse 29, and Psalm 119, verses 129 through 144, here on Commuter Bible OT. That was a mouthful. All right, well, when we last left our reading covering the kingdom of Israel, the Aramaeans had laid siege against Samaria. This means they were blocking people from going in and out so that the people might starve. The king of Israel, most likely Joram, son of Ahab, sends a messenger to Elisha, threatening him with violence. Today, Elisha predicts that they will soon be so flooded with food and grain that it will be hard to sell at even a fraction of its cost. Later, Jehu, a military commander, will be anointed as the next king of Israel by decree of Elisha and by a messenger sent by the prophet to anoint him with oil. The newly anointed king then sets out to put an end to the house of Ahab. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 1 through chapter 9 verse 29. Elisha replied, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow at Samaria's gate, six quarts of fine flour will sell for half an ounce of silver, and twelve quarts of barley will sell for a half ounce of silver. Then the captain, the king's right-hand man, responded to the man of God, Look, even if the Lord were to make windows in heaven, could this really happen? Elisha announced, You will in fact see it with your own eyes, but you won't eat any of it. Now, four men with a skin disease were at the entrance to the city gate. They said to each other, Why just sit here until we die? If we say, Let's go into the city, we will die there because the famine is in the city. But if we sit here, we will also die. So now, come on, let's surrender to the Aramaeans' camp. If they let us live, we will live. If they kill us, we will die. So the diseased men got up at twilight to go to the Aramaeans' camp. When they came to the camp's edge, they discovered that no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean camp to hear the sound of chariots, horses, and a large army. The Aramaeans had said to each other, The king of Israel must have hired the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to attack us. So they got up and fled at twilight, abandoning their tents, horses, and donkeys. The camp was intact, and they had fled for their lives. When these diseased men came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent to eat and drink. Then they picked up the silver, gold, and clothing and went off and hid them. They came back and entered another tent, picked things up, and hid them. Then they said to each other, We are not doing what is right. Today is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until morning light, our punishment will catch up with us. So let's go tell the king's household. The diseased men came and called to the city's gatekeepers and told them, We went to the Aramean camp and no one was there. 
No human sounds. There was nothing but tethered horses and donkeys, and the tents were intact. The gatekeepers called out, and the news was reported to the king's household. So the king got up in the night and said to his servants, Let me tell you what the Arameans have done to us. They know we are starving, so they have left the camp to hide in the open country, thinking, When they come out of the city, we will take them alive and go into the city. But one of his servants responded, Please, let messengers take five of the horses that are left in the city. Their fate is like the entire Israelite community who will die. So let's send them and see. The messengers took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them after the Aramean army, saying, Go and see. So they followed them as far as the Jordan. They saw that the whole way was littered with clothes and equipment the Arameans had thrown off in their haste. The messengers returned and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the Aramean camp. It was then that six quarts of fine flour sold for a half ounce of silver, and twelve quarts of barley sold for a half ounce of silver, according to the word of the Lord. The king had appointed the captain, his right-hand man, to be in charge of the city gate. But the people trampled him in the gate. He died, just as the man of God had predicted when the king had come to him. When the man of God had said to the king, About this time tomorrow, twelve quarts of barley will sell for a half ounce of silver, and six quarts of fine flour will sell for a half ounce of silver at Samaria's gate. This captain had answered the man of God, Look, even if the Lord were to make windows in heaven, could this really happen? Elisha had said, You will in fact see it with your own eyes, but you won't eat any of it. This is what happened to him. The people trampled him in the city gate, and he died. Elisha said to the woman whose son he had restored to life, Get ready, you and your household, and go live as a resident alien wherever you can. For the Lord has announced a seven-year famine, and it has already come to the land. So the woman got ready and did what the man of God said. She and her household lived as resident aliens in the land of the Philistines for seven years. When the woman returned from the land of the Philistines at the end of the seven years, she went to appeal to the king for her house and field. The king had been speaking to Gehazi, the attendant of the man of God, saying, Tell me all the great things Elisha has done. While he was telling the king how Elisha restored the dead son to life, the woman whose son he had restored to life came to appeal to the king for her house and field. So Gehazi said, My lord the king, this is the woman, and this is the son Elisha restored to life. When the king asked the woman, she told him the story. So the king appointed a court official for her, saying, Restore all that was hers, along with all the income from the field from the day she left the country until now. 
Elisha came to Damascus when King Ben-Hadad of Aram was sick, and the king was told, The man of God has come here. So the king said to Haziel, Take a gift with you and go meet the man of God. Inquire of the Lord through him. Will I recover from this sickness? Hazael went to meet Elisha, taking with him a gift, forty camel loads of all the finest products of Damascus. When he came and stood before him, he said, Your son, King Ben-Hadad of Aram, has sent me to ask you, Will I recover from this sickness? Elisha told him, Go say to him, You are sure to recover. But the Lord has shown me that he is sure to die. Then he stared steadily at him until he was ashamed. The man of God wept, and Hazael asked, Why is my Lord weeping? He replied, Because I know the evil you will do to the people of Israel. You will set their fortresses on fire. You will kill their young men with the sword. You will dash their children to pieces. You will rip open their pregnant women. Hazael said, How could your servant, a mere dog, do such a mighty deed? Elisha answered, The Lord has shown me that you will be king over Aram. Hazael left Elisha and went to his master, who asked him, What did Elisha say to you? He responded, He told me that you are sure to recover. The next day, Hazael took a heavy cloth, dipped it in water, and spread it over the king's face. Ben-Hadad died, and Hazael reigned in his place. year of Israel's king Joram, son of Ahab, Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat, became king of Judah, replacing his father. He was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, as the house of Ahab had done, for Ahab's daughter was his wife. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. For the sake of his servant David, The Lord was unwilling to destroy Judah, since he had promised to give a lamp to David and his sons forever. During Jehoram's reign, Edom rebelled against Judah's control and appointed their own king. So Jehoram crossed over to Zair with all his chariots. Then, at night, he set out to attack the Edomites, who had surrounded him and the chariot commanders, but his troops fled to their tents. So Edom is still in rebellion against Judah's control today. Libna, 
also rebelled at that time. The rest of the events of Jehoram's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. Jehoram rested with his ancestors and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David, and his son Ahaziah became king in his place. In the twelfth year of Israel's king Joram son of Ahab, Ahaziah son of Jehoram became king of Judah. Ahaziah was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, granddaughter of Israel's king Omri. He walked in the ways of the house of Ahab and did what was evil in the Lord's sight like the house of Ahab. For his father had married into the house of Ahab. Ahaziah went with Joram son of Ahab to fight against King Hazael of Aram and Ramoth-Gilead, and the Arameans wounded Joram. So King Joram returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds that the Arameans had inflicted on him in Ramoth-Gilead when he fought against Aram's King Hazael. Then Judah's King Ahaziah son of Jehoram went down to Jezreel to visit Joram son of Ahab since Joram was ill. The prophet Elisha called one of the sons of the prophets and said, Tuck your mantle under your belt, take this flask of oil with you, and go to Ramoth-Gilead. When you get there, look for Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi. Go in, get him away from his colleagues, and take him to an inner room. Then take the flask of oil, pour it on his head, and say, This is what the Lord says. I anoint you king over Israel. Open the door and escape. Don't wait. So the young prophet went to Ramoth-Gilead. When he arrived, the army commanders were sitting there. So he said, I have a message for you, commander. Jehu asked, For which one of us? He answered, For you, commander. So Jehu got up, and went into the house. The young prophet poured the oil on his head and said, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anoint you king over the Lord's people Israel. You are to strike down the house of your master Ahab so that I may avenge the blood shed by the hand of Jezebel, the blood of my servants, the prophets, and of all the servants of the Lord. The whole house of Ahab will perish, and I will wipe out all of Ahab's males, both slave and free, in Israel. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha son of Ahijah. The dogs will eat Jezebel in the plot of land at Jezreel. No one will bury her. Then the young prophet opened the door and escaped. When Jehu came out to his master's servants, they asked, Is everything all right? Why did this crazy person come to you? Then he said to them, You know the sort and their ranting. But they replied, That's a lie! Tell us! So Jehu said, He talked to me about this and that and said, This is what the Lord says. I anoint you king over Israel. Each man quickly took his garment and put it under Jehu on the bare steps. 
They blew the ram's horn and proclaimed, Jehu is king! Then Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Joram and all Israel had been at Ramoth-Gilead on guard against King Hazael of Aram. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds that the Aramans had inflicted on him when he fought against Aram's King Hazael. Jehu said, If you commanders wish to make me king, then don't let anyone escape from the city to go tell about it in Jezreel. Jehu got into his chariot and went to Jezreel, since Joram was laid up there and King Ahaziah of Judah had gone down to visit Joram. Now the watchman was standing on the tower in Jezreel. He saw Jehu's mob approaching and shouted, I see a mob! Joram responded, Choose a rider and send him to meet them and have him ask, Do you come in peace? So a horseman went to meet Jehu and said, This is what the king asks, Do you come in peace? Jehu replied, What do you have to do with peace? Fall in behind me. The watchman reported, The messenger reached them, but hasn't started back. So he sent out a second horseman, who went to them and said, This is what the king asks. Do you come in peace? Jehu answered, What do you have to do with peace? Fall in behind me. Again the watchman reported, He reached them, but hasn't started back. Also, the driving is like that of Jehu, son of Nimshi. He drives like a madman. Get the chariot ready, Joram shouted, and they got it ready. Then King Joram of Israel and King Ahaziah of Judah set out, each in his own chariot, and met Jehu at the plot of land of Naboth the Jezreelite. When Joram saw Jehu, he asked, Do you come in peace, Jehu? He answered, What peace can there be, as long as there is so much prostitution and sorcery from your mother Jezebel? Joram turned around and fled, shouting to Ahaziah, It's treachery, Ahaziah! Then Jehu drew his bow and shot Joram between the shoulders. The arrow went through his heart and he slumped down in his chariot. Jehu said to Bidkar, his aide, Pick him up and throw him on the plot of ground belonging to Naboth the Jezreelite. For remember, when you and I were riding side by side behind his father Ahab, and the Lord uttered this pronouncement against him, As surely as I saw the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons yesterday, this is the Lord's declaration, so will I repay you on this plot of land. This is the Lord's declaration. So now, according to the word of the Lord, pick him up and throw him on the plot of land. When King Ahaziah of Judah saw what was happening, he fled up the road toward Beth Hagen. Jehu pursued him, shouting, Shoot him too! So they shot him in his chariot at Gur Pass, near Iblium. But he fled to Megiddo and died there. Then his servants carried him to Jerusalem in a chariot 
and buried him in his ancestor's tomb in the city of David. It was in the eleventh year of Joram son of Ahab that Ahaziah had become king over Judah. Psalm 119, verses 129 through 144. Your decrees are wondrous, therefore I obey them. The revelation of your words brings light and gives understanding to the inexperienced. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commands. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your practice toward those who love your name. Make my steps steady through your promise. Don't let any sin dominate me. Redeem me from human oppression, and I will keep your precepts. Make your face shine on your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes pour out streams of tears because people do not follow your instruction. You are righteous, Lord, and your judgments are just. The decrees you issue are righteous and altogether trustworthy. My anger overwhelms me because my foes forget your words. Your word is completely pure and your servant loves it. I am insignificant and despised, but I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your instruction is true. Trouble and distress have overtaken me, but your commands are my delight. Your decrees are righteous forever. Give me understanding, and I will live. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember to trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know Him, and He will make your paths straight.